everybody, welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Wednesday the 9th of November. It's game day as Rangers gear up to take on Hearts at Ibrox this evening uh, to look ahead to that match and also the financial accounts which have uh, came out this morning. First of all, Joshua Barry, how are we doing, Joshua? Good, Derek. Good to be uh, back with you, but big event today having our good friend David Edgar on, who we have got up at 9.35 this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have. Yeah, it's great to have David on. Thanks very much, David, for for coming on. Of course, uh, from the, the Heart and Hand podcast, uh, fantastic to to get you on to talk all things Rangers. Yeah, I only found out this show existed today because <laughs> anything before about twelve o'clock, um, there'll be monsters <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. No, it's it's nice to be here. Um, I usually watch it a bit later, so that's actually left a hole in my day now. Um, I'll make plug with something else. I'm not watching myself. <laughs> right, guys, um, before we, we talk uh, Rangers, of course, and we touch on the financial accounts, you can see the little ticker below. We've still got that great offer on the site, just a pound uh, for two months worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Right, um, Rangers have announced their annual accounts uh, today, as I mentioned, with the, an operating profit of £5.9 million recorded in the past financial year. Uh, the club have released their annual report and accompanying uh, financial statement for the year uh, that ended the 30th of June 2022. The figures report a huge swing from the £21.7 million operating loss in last year's accounts uh, to an operating profit in the past 12 months. Much of that is down to uh, that uh, Europa League run, of course, uh, I think generated around uh, thirty million pounds, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and likewise uh, the Nathan Patterson transfer. I believe it's around about uh, just over eleven million pounds that have been brought in uh, with regards to that. Uh, David, have you had a, 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 a look at the financial accounts? What do you make of the uh, this news that's coming out this morning? Yeah, the, overall it's good. The the headline figures, of course, are are very good, um, as you might expect. When you dig deeper, as always, there are a couple of issues that, that might make you wince, um, as, as happens in these books. Um, but the, the turnover going up is, is huge. Um, that's vitally important. It's also vitally important for FFP, because, as we know, we were placed on a, um, an FFP watch list, for want of a better term, and FFP comes off of your turnover. So clearly, the bigger the turnover, um, anything you can do to get that number up is is very useful. Um, so in terms of commercial revenue, that's great. It's gone up. James Biscrove said at the AGM last year it would go up to, to 27 million. He said it's sitting at 28 million in the accounts. That's great. The negative is the sports direct payment. Um, that's something I think, you know, I think we can all remember Dave King telling us a few years ago that that was completely done. Um, it turned out it wasn't. There's been a payment of about 8.2 million to them. And clearly that's money that's just gone out of the club. Um, but it had to be paid to get out of this sports direct um, situation and that is it finally and completely done. That was what that court, the finished court case means. So overall, it's very healthy. You've still got the, for example, the Bassey and Aribo money. That's not in this year's account. Yeah. The Champions League clearly isn't in this year's account. So Rangers are, are on an even keel financially. We're not rolling in it. Um, it's fair to say, but we are in a, a healthy position, even though, as I say, there were one or two things that that, that were a wee bit sort of uh, oofed. Yeah, is that your dog's looking to get in on the, on the video too, yeah, David? It is. More dogs uh, the merrier, I think. 
they're very they're very excited. Um, I've got, I've got uh, as well as my my older dogs. I've got a puppy now, and she you know wow. she, she likes to to get in on stuff. Um, so my apologies to everyone about that. I'm trying to shut her up, but the more I sort of give her the eye, the more she's drawing out that you coming out to play. So my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff there. Yeah, like I say, more dogs on this show, uh, the better. That's what I say. Uh, Joshua, before we touch on the, the on-field uh, issues, uh, just a word on, on the financial accounts that have come out and what, what David touched on. Um, I think in the, in the main, it, it, it's, it makes for good reading. Yeah, I normally get Johnny to explain these things to me, so it's nice <laughs> that David, David filled that void today. Um, but no, I mean, it, it does, and, and I, I guess it, confirms where the club hoped to be this season, um, as David said, by um, being on a, a more stable footing. Um, but it just, you know, makes, for example, the next transfer window so important and the one after that when, you know, we've obviously discussed the contracts next season um, and, and, and whatnot. Um, but as David mentions, that will include the Rebo and Bassi money uh, next season, as well as Champions League money, which that will be included um, next year as well. So, yeah, I guess that good, good for the club to have some positive news given everything that's um, going on on the field um, at the moment. And, um, yeah, going back to the, the game tonight, I think everyone inside will just be um, crossing everything they can that, that they can get three points tonight um, because of, obviously, what happened at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, David, I want to get your views on, of course, we, we spoke to uh, the manager yesterday, um, now, I want, me and Johnny came on our video last night to discuss the fallout from that press conference. Not much really to, to, to talk about, but an interesting point you made with comments uh, made by Brian Loudrup uh, with regards to his body language. He was asked about this at the press conference, uh, and this is he replied, I have given up. I think that's very easy and stupid thing to say from Brian. He knows the pressure uh the pressure you're under i know i get a lot of questions about my body language but i don't think it's anything about body language it's about what you bring to the players inside i get many questions about how i should be different on the sidelines but i am me i am me i'm not anyone else and the last thing we all need is people putting the pressure even higher by suggesting things which aren't true so i totally disagree with him uh, not ideal, uh, a bit of a, a spat between a, a Rangers legend, David. Uh, I can see where he's coming from uh, right enough. He, he is under a bit of pressure, the manager, at the moment. Uh, I don't think uh, body language is, is certainly a thing that uh, he, he takes too kindly to. But what, what do you make of that, that those comments from uh, uh, Loudrup and, and, and Gio's reaction? Yeah, this is one of these situations that are best avoided, I think, by... By the manager because you're not you can't really win right yeah um we were on that press conference yesterday Derek, and for those who maybe don't um don't don't know how press conferences work what will happen is we as the broadcast guys will get our bit that's the one that goes out that's the video that people will see uh and then the daily um, print journalists will get uh, uh their section and it's embargoed we can't talk about that until they they print it and I'll be honest, when he said that, I winced because yeah. you could see what the headline was going to be. Um, you knew straight away. And it's it's easy for me to say because if it had been me, then what I would have went is, well, Brian's entitled to his opinion. However, you know, I disagree. I haven't, you know, not at all. I'm 100% focused. And you just bat it away. But we forget that these guys are human. Um, he was angry. That's yeah. an angry response. Um, that's what that was because he's under pressure and pressure does this to us and it doesn't matter um, if you're a, a football manager, it doesn't matter if you're on 
um, thousands of pounds a week. You're a human being and you react in that way. You're not going to win. And, and the ironic thing about it is, is I think everybody knows, Brian Loudrop probably didn't even say that, you know, I know. because I know. these columns that footballers do that are um, written by, yeah. yeah, they're ghostwritten. And yeah. what will happen is that the, the, they'll have a general chat and the, the writer will say, do you think he's under pressure? And Brian Loudrop will say something and then there's a wee bit of creative license given to it. Um, it, it, it. Look, it doesn't change anything. It's just as you say, there are certain people at Rangers you're probably not going to win a fight with, right? And you don't want yeah. to become broiled in one. And Brian Loudrop is probably one of them. Um, equally, I can understand. I think that footballers do have that there's a certain sort of unwritten code in things that you can say and that you shouldn't say. Um, and that's why there are certain pundits that are very unpopular within the game because managers and players feel that they go over the score and that there are just certain things that you shouldn't say about a pro. And I think that that's where Gio felt. I think, you know, if you were just going to take out, you know, the reality and the politics of a situation where Gio is currently, I think what, you know, Brett, if somebody said that you'd given up at your work and, you know, you, you weren't really trying, yeah. be offended by that. So I think yeah. Gio was, from a personal human point of view, totally entitled to, to say, no, that's not true. And, and again, you know, do we want to go, hi, Brian, spot on, by the way, I've chucked it. Um, so, you know, the, I, I feel for him, even though you're probably, it's more politically um, sensible to just go, I, well, Brian's entitled to his opinion, I respect yeah. him, he's a club legend, however, no, that's not the case. But people are human and sometimes in the heat of the moment and, you know, as I say, we, we, we saw that question being answered, we saw his response and he bristled, he was visibly angered by it. Um, yeah. and, and in a way, that's better. I'd far rather have somebody that did take offence to that than somebody that, that, as I say, maybe just meekly accepted it. Yeah, and as Jim say, it says, uh, it was all it did was give the, give the papers a, a headline. They've been uh, rubbing their hands with Clee when, when he was coming out with that. Uh, Stephen Gillespie says, uh, Loudrop isn't a body language expert as far as I know. The type of nonsense takes away from the real problems on and off the park. Another point I wanted to touch on you, uh, touch uh, with get your point of view, Joshua, is... Uh, a situation with regards to Alex Lowry asked, uh, he played last night for the B team, incidentally. Um, so uh, read into that what you will. But the comments from the manager yesterday were interesting. Denzel gets in touch. Hi, Denzel. Uh, the Lowry situation worries me. I thought Gio was quite dismissive uh, when Derek asked him about his fitness yesterday. We, he can't afford to fall out with our talented players. He said that um, he's fit, but he's not in the squad this evening. Um, uh, he was then pressed on it and said that... Uh, the 20 players that are in the match day squad all deserve to be there. Uh, and he's he's come back from an injury, of course, last season, which was a long time ago. Would you like to have seen Alex Lowry this evening, Joshua, or based on the fact we've seen him last night for the B team, is it another case of that he's just trying to get more minutes for uh, David McCallum's side before being integrated back in? Well, I, I think by all accounts, he wasn't very good uh, last night for the B team. And uh, over on uh, Heart and Hand, the... The boys uh, B team show. I think it was a, a rather long one discussing that from right, David uh, discussing yeah. Alex Lowry's performance and in, <clears throat> in that game. Th this is a situation for me that if Rangers are playing well, it's not a situation because there's players ahead of them. But when they're in, uh, you know, it's somewhat of crisis mode. You're seven points behind. You've lost so many games, including Europe in the first half or the first chunk of the season. Um, then something like this does become an issue and. 
you know, to go back to both of what you were saying, all of us have dealt with Van Bronckhorst a lot by now. He's very calm. He doesn't give anything away. I, I can't think of any real times I've really seen him, you know, riled up, um, very composed, even when he's had difficult questions, when he's had to defend his philosophy, he never really, you know, plays games that you see other managers play. Um, he's not very confrontational. So I totally agree that I think that speaks to, you know, the pressure he's under and the, the reality of the situation at the moment. But that goes with something like the Lowry situation as well, because people will read more into that, especially having seen him in the Champions League. That's probably more due to the homegrown rule that, um, and the number of injuries uh, last week. But when you have 20 players, when people see Alex Lowry fit and people see he's not in the squad, that's what they see. They don't see, obviously, the, the time he spent out. They need to get more game time, etc., etc. So is he ready to start tonight? Obviously, none of us really know because we're you know we're not privy to the, the medical information how fit these players are how much game time they need and um, I just think it's one of these situations that when you're in a run of form as you are at the moment it just adds more fuel to the fire of frustration because people aren't enjoying watching that team that much so they want someone who will try something who'll be inventive and, and Lowry will definitely give you that. And latching on to it David I think what people are maybe confused about is because we've seen them come on against Ajax uh, then you're thinking to yourself okay that's him back into the, the the squad, into the into the reckoning for for a place in, in the team, and then we don't see him for the next uh, two games. So that that's you can understand why supporters maybe scratching their head as to what's going on there. Yeah, because I think he's a creative player in a team that lacks creativity. Um, there was a yeah. comment from one of the listeners that was spot on, which is that maybe we overplay expectations of him, and I can be guilty of that. And it's exactly what Josh said. It's because the team isn't playing well. So it's right, well, have we got anything that can come in and make a difference? He can do that. Alex Lowry can do that. Um, and therefore, you, you, you know, you demand to see him in the side. I, I'm a great believer that managers don't, especially managers under pressure, don't leave match winners in the stand for no reason. Because it can turn your whole season around. It can turn your job around. Um, and Josh mentioned the boys who went to the B team last night, he, he had a howler. Um, he had a really, really bad game last night. And again, that will happen with a boy his age anyway. We all know that teenagers can be inconsistent up and down. Um, and then there's a factor, um, I think one of the listeners brought that point up there on the screen, which is that chipping kids into a team right now that is struggling, that isn't yeah. doing well, that the senior players aren't going to be able to help you through the match. Um, I, I felt against Ajax, for example, that you know we had a, an 18 or 22-year-old non-centre-back at centre-back and I didn't think he got any. Those two guys got any help from the senior players in the team that night. So it's it's a lot of factors to try and balance in. But I, I certainly, as somebody who yesterday was like, I can't. You know, why wouldn't you have Alex Lowry in the squad? And I must admit, I would still be tempted purely because he's a player. But I yeah. can understand why maybe. Um, you know, when I when I spoke to the guys who were at the game last night, they said he was miles off it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, lots of comments come in here, Josh. I want to get your, your point of view on this. Uh, the interestingly named Pigeon Strangler says, uh, Rud van Yilmaz isn't happy about his lack of game time and is requested to leave. This is a report uh, I seen uh, late last night. Um, from it's, it came from Turkish media suggesting his former club Besiktas are interested in, in taking him back to Turkey. Likewise, uh, Trabzonspor and Galatasaray also credited with an interest. Apparently, uh, unconfirmed reports that he's unhappy in Glasgow. Now we know he's injured at the moment, but this is a sort of this was a rumor that 
surfaced a, a few weeks ago, I think. Uh, I think his former club were interested in taking him back on loan in January. Can't quite see it happening myself, but again, it's another one you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. What, what do you make of this? No, I mean, obviously, Rangers have spent so much money on him and, and although it's taken him time to settle and Van Bronckhorst spoke about that, didn't he, a couple of times saying it's been quite difficult for him to settle. You know, he's 21. Um, that, that's very, it's two years younger than me. It is, you know, is young. You forget sometimes that these are just young guys moving um, to a completely different environment. Glasgow's obviously quite different from Turkey, learning a new language. Um, but then you look at his performance away in Naples, I thought he was Rangers' best player, and which admittedly wasn't that difficult a task. Starts positively against Aberdeen, gets that injury. Um, you know, for, for me, I remember when Red Van Yilmaz came in, speaking to people um, about him and his ambitions and where he wants to play. He's already a Turkish international. I don't think his plan is to go back to, to Turkey after a few difficult months. Um, and, and you know, he would be in this team if not for the injury. That's a reality. I think it should have happened quicker. I think you can see what he brings and. Um, even when he's played in League Cup games, which you know isn't the highest level of opposition, he's always been one of the more positive players. So I, I think he will be Rangers' first choice left back as soon as he's back fit. It's just unfortunate that, that he got injured. Um, it's one of these situations at the moment that, similarly with Sakala, um, when it rains, it pours, and and he was a real bright spark in that team, um, and is now obviously out in, until after the World Cup. But I, I, I just think logic tells you that. You know, Ridvan isn't going to want to go back to, to Turkey when he's left Turkey and made that almost first step to where presumably he wants to go, which, which is the Premier League. I think he'll have seen that that when he's had a chance, he's taken it. He'll have seen that he did eventually usurp Borna Barisic for that um, Aberdeen game um, and will have his eyes on, you know, making sure of that when he gets back after the World Cup. It's a story of Rangers season, isn't it, David? Yilmaz going to get injured uh Last week, wasn't it? After it looks like he was coming on to a game, thought it was one of the, the, the shining lights, you could say, away in Naples, uh, and then injured at the following game, a hamstring injury. Um, it's just it's, it's just been one th- never rains, but it pours with regards to Rangers' injuries, isn't it? Yeah, um, uh, the words that came came out of my mouth when I saw he get injured um, can translate to go forth and multiply because it was just such a uh, a microcosm of our season. I actually yeah. thought he set the tempo in that game against Aberdeen right from yeah. the start. He put on the ball and he went forward and he, he drove forward three times in the opening five minutes and it got the crowd up and the rest of the team moved yeah. forward with him. Um, uh, like, firstly, the Turkish media, God love them, they report everything. And by that, what I mean is if you can come <laughs> up with a conceivable situation, they will report that it could happen. And yeah. their culture in the media is to then go, look, we told you. You're like, yeah, but you told us he was going, staying, going there. Or, you know, they, they cover every base. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, against that, I agree with Josh, what Josh said. He, he did take time to settle. Um, they clearly did want him to develop and maybe learn the Scottish game a little bit through training. But he had taken that role. It was his spot. Also, I think Rangers have got too much of their transfer credibility wrapped up in him. Because when criticism was being made earlier in the season, we heard Stuart Robertson and John Bennett both come yeah. out and say, he's here for five years, not for five weeks, etc., etc. So if he was to go inside, you know, six months, then I think that would be a huge, uh, a, a huge blow to yeah. their credibility at a time when they can't really do that. So again, to go back to politics, politically, I don't think they could sell them, even if they desperately wanted to. I don't think yeah. they can. 
Um, no. and, I, and they don't, by the way, in case anyone, please don't misunderstand me. They don't want to sell him. So, no, I agree with Josh. He would be playing tonight if he was fit. Um, the spot is his now. And I think in the second half of the season, you'll, you'll see him play a lot more. Obviously, again, we, we don't know. Maybe he isn't particularly happy in Glasgow. But footballers tend to, especially if they're ambitious, they tend to just get through that. Um, it is a, yeah. I mean, at 21 years old to be moving um, to a completely different country, but he didn't speak the language. Incidentally, you know, that's, yeah. that's a tough one as well. But um, I think now that you'll see him going. But he's a great story for the Turkish media because they can just say... Um, you know, especially if you don't look at the context, if you just present the base facts and say he's only started X amount of games, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. that yes, but now he's actually doing that. So um, I, I, I really would be surprised and incredibly disappointed. So I, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think it would be similar if a Scottish player went abroad and, and the same thing uh, was taking place. I, th- I seem to remember, I'm not too sure if it was the same with Arne Hickey at the start at, at Bologna. He was linked with a move back home after the first few months. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They, they were still exactly the same at Bologna. And I think it was yeah. a very similar thing with Lewis Ferguson that they were like, he doesn't know how to play in Italy yet, so he can't yeah. put him in the first team. But he's getting there. I think it was that with, with Ridvan as well. Yeah, you need to give these lads time. Um, some of the comments coming in, let's touch on some of these. Uh, Aldo says, a JVB being questioned why we're getting so many injuries is surely it's connected to the players' lack of fitness. I asked uh, the manager this, I think, last week, um, uh, just mainly to do with the, the, the concerns about the fitness of the team. Uh, he says uh, it was based on the Champions League schedule being more intense than Europa League. They've not changed any training, apparently, uh, and they're getting a lot of... Uh, contact, initial impact injuries as opposed to muscle injuries, although we've seen uh, Ridfan and Sakala pick up uh, muscle injuries since then. Joshua, is this a concern? Do two and two make make four with regards to this? A lot of concerns with regards to the team's fitness, maybe not being as fit as what they were uh, last season, or does the manager get a point that that condensed fixture schedule? He does say that, that, that it's not just Rangers that are being affected by these injuries, teams across Europe yeah, well, I, I think that is true, and obviously that's not something that is, a, is an argument people want to hear. But repeatedly, we hear managers, you know, normally it's Jurgen Klopp down south saying we're playing too much football. How do you improve football? You make, you know, you give teams a couple of free weeks, um, and the schedule of, of Rangers games has been so intense. And I think you look at someone like Conor Goldson, and you look at the number of games he's played um, over the last few seasons as an example. The fitness, uh, fitness issue, sorry. Um, I mean, it was only in April and May that, that Rangers were being regarded as it was as if their fitness had went up. That was a narrative. Now it seems to have flipped to the opposite. Obviously, we don't have any expertise in that. And there's a lot of people in the club who will have a lot of expertise in that and spend their whole time making sure that the players are at peak fitness. So I don't think that argument holds you know, any weight at all for me. I think you can say that maybe the players haven't played with enough intensity and, and you can look at Van Bronco saying at home to Aberdeen that he emphasised the fast start compared that to, to previous home league games and you can start to put two and two together and make four and see well okay maybe it's not a fitness thing maybe it's more of an intensity thing um, but you've, you've got to take him um, at his words because you know again he's, he's gonna and his staff are going to be putting so much time into making sure that players are, are as fit as possible and you know, I certainly don't have the expertise to to, to try and pick holes in that. Um, but the, the, the situation that Rangers find themselves in with the number of injuries at the moment um, is obviously hugely problematic and has been over the last um, few weeks. T- tonight against Hearts um, at home, 
Rangers have been generally good. Uh, they've, they've had the highest expected goals at home in the league. Away from home, as we wrote, and I'm going to link this in the comments uh, below, they've been pretty bad, um, and which obviously carried on away at St. Johnson. But even just their basic performance levels, if you think away to Motherwell, um, that's probably a good example of that. So, you know, I, I think St. Mirren will be the biggest test of this squad before the before the break and will really, you know, maybe decide it one way or another for Van Bronquist if this league, league season is over because um, they've also got a very, you know, good league, uh, record at home, uh, St. Mirren and, and Hearts. Robbie Nielsen tends to have a bit of a go at Rangers, which tends to normally suit Rangers. Perfect example is a 4-0 game, obviously, earlier in the season. So it'll be interesting to see what he does tonight with uh, that in mind. Yeah, I go along with what Graham Brown says here. He says, get them on the dunes at, at Gullin. Uh, I totally agree. Jock Wallace style, get them up there, running up and down uh, and, and, and being sick. I actually done an interview, folks. It'll be soon with you, with uh, Stuart Beatty, who played with the club in the 80s. Uh, and he spoke about that. Every player was sick when, when they'd done that, that, that pre-season. But certainly didn't do them any harm whatsoever. Um, comment coming in here. Uh, uh, David, I want to get your, your thoughts on this. Uh, William Matheson gets in touch. Good morning today from the mountains in Gran Canaria. Well, was uh, what do you guys uh, think of the recent comments from Dick Advocate giving Gio full backup? I don't think it's uh, relatively surprising, uh, David, given that he mentored him, he had him at Rangers, and he also helped him out at Feyenoord when he was uh, starting out his managerial career there. Um, he's obviously given Gio the backing, says now is not the time to think about a managerial change. What, what did you make of uh, Advocate's comments? Well, I'd want my dad backing me up as well. Struggling, <laughs> you know. I think, yeah. Look, as you mentioned, there he is. He's really he's, he's kind of football father, um, and the, the respect is mutual. If you, you know, Gio's talked about Dick Advocat before. Um, game go back. The human beings you would expect yeah. somebody to be loyal. Um, I think you know we remember Walter Smith talking about Ali McCoyst as a manager, and. Yeah. Um, was maybe more to do with personal feelings than it was about a kind of dry analysis of them. I, I think that, again, we mentioned at the start about there are certain things in football and managers do tend to say that, you know, other managers should be given more time because it's there, but for the grace of God go I. Um, they've all been in situations where they need time. I think there's a bit of a manager's union there that um, you come out and back him. And look, he's, he's right. This has been the strange situation about this, that if you are just going to look at it from what's Van Bronckhorst's achievements, you can put together a case to say he shouldn't be under pressure. You absolutely can. You can say, well, you know, UEFA Cup final and he won the Scottish Cup. Um, equally, he's a wee bit of kind of Schrodinger's manager at the moment because the other side of that is the one that I'm kind of on, which is, yeah, but, you know, six-point lead over Celtic, completely gone seven points behind before the end of November. So it, it's a strange situation. It's not a very straightforward one. It's just a completely, you know, it's, it's not Pedro, but it's yeah. just so obvious yeah. to everybody that what should happen. Um, so no, I would, I would, you know, understand and respect Dick Advocat um, backing up Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. But um, as I say, I would maybe not take him as a neutral witness. Yeah, uh, Sam Mullen gets in touch regarding the, the, the girl in on the dunes. No, no, no. Training has changed uh, with time. Uh, the hit is, is what they're doing now, the high intensity stuff. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do see that in Jess, Sam. I don't think, I think. Uh, uh, the, the trips to Gullin for pre-season training are, are well in the past nowadays. Um, comment coming in here uh, with regards uh, set pieces. Josh, I want to get your opinion on this. Oh. I asked uh, James Tavernier about this uh, 
yesterday. Mark Lawson gets in touch. Hi, Mark. Uh, watched the Livy game last night. Three corners, a goal and a penalty. Why can't we do this? Serious yes, play, play issues. Um, asked Tavnir about this uh, yesterday, uh, and he, he, this is the response he gave me when they asked. It is his concern about set pieces. Is something not translating from the training ground to the uh, to the games, he says, I'm not entirely sure because if you saw the first half, I think we won quite a lot of set pieces, the first headers, and obviously my goal was from a set piece. I know it was the second phase, but we always continue to work hard at set pieces. Um, I think anyone with eyes at the moment, Josh, I can see that, that the set pieces and deliveries into the box have just been lacking a bit of quality at the moment with regards to uh, Rangers. Um, how do they go about improving this? That's a very charitable way of putting it, Derek. Um, <laughs> you'll both know from having sat next to me at football games that the things one of the things that frustrates me most is set pieces and throw-ins. Stop throwing yeah. the ball at the line. I hate it. I just it's the most stupid thing in the world because you just give it back to the opposition. Um I, to, 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 you can't control that initial throw. Rangers yeah. are horrendous at uh, somebody then controls it on their knee and it goes up here and suddenly you've got two players in it. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, I, I you cannot have the amount of set pieces we've had and produce what you've produced from them and then say there isn't an issue there. Yeah. Something's not working. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, uh, to, to follow on from Mark's point, I was I think I mentioned this earlier in the week, Derek. The, I was watching um, Burnley-Sheffield United on Saturday, which was a great game, 5-2. I think Sheffield United scored from three set pieces. And it just showed the value of it. You know, if, if Rangers, Tavernier can say that they, they got first contact, but I think that's different from... You know, actually creating genuine set piece opportunities. Rangers had twenty corners and they had zero point eight five expected goals from from those corners. So, you know, they're not even expected to score one goal from from um, the, the chances that that they generated. Um, the, the like throw-ins, it's an opportunity to be a step ahead of the opposition. They don't know what you're going to do, and you can take advantage of that. And you see all around football, and you've seen with Rangers under Steven Gerrard and last season, Rangers scored fifteen goals from corners last season. They can make yeah. such an impact. And the best example of that is if Rangers score from a corner um, in, in well, you know, one of the 10 corners, I think it was, they had before St. Johnson scored the weekend, it's a completely different game. It just It's just another opportunity, another potential marginal gain. And the, the, the thing that stood out to me was because it was constant outswingers and there wasn't a kind of, you know, different routines, there wasn't the odd in-swinger, there wasn't even the odd short corner, I think it became too predictable from a St. Johnson uh, point of view regarding what Rangers were going to do. And, and David's right, I mean, you know, everyone here has watched every Rangers game this season. How many times have you thought they've looked genuinely threatening from corners? I think the fact that they don't have many strong headers of the ball, especially like Goldson, you know, Hellander and, and, and Balogun um, from last season in the team makes a difference. Um, but they don't look threatening from that. And, I, I, you know, so many examples of how important set pieces have been the old firm game to in, in the 55 season um, that, that decided that one. Um, as I say, 15... 15 goals from corners last season. I think it's three so far if you include Taverniers from the second phase and, and Tillman's against Johnson first time around from the second phase. So I always think it's um, just a non-negotiable that you should you should be making the absolute most out of them. And I don't think you can say whether by luck, whether they are working really hard, whatever, whatever the argument is, um, I don't think the output is, is sufficient for the number of you know opportunities Rangers are having in those um, yeah, those moments. Yeah, Ross Nielsen. Yeah, carry on, David. Three main areas um, at set pieces, delivery, movement and desire. And that's what Rangers are falling down on. The delivery isn't good enough, clearly. As Josh says, it's constantly the same thing and not of a high quality. Very few balls come in with lip, you know, that are 
right in that area where a goalkeeper can't come for it and a defender doesn't quite know what to do. Secondly, we then don't have enough movement within the box. A lot of our players are static uh, or are easily held off because there's been no blocking goes on at corners. Yeah. A, a tactic that's used in football, we can't cry about it. And we don't have enough guys who are bright enough in their movement or vary their movement up enough to get there. And thirdly, exactly what Josh said, that Hellander header is a great example. That's my ball from from about 10 yards before it arrives. I will be on the end of that. And I, I want to be on the end of it more than my direct opponent here does. So if you get those three factors together, that. I thought that George's example at the weekend about Burnley was absolutely spot on. I watched that match, Burnley versus Sheffield United, and Sheffield United terrorised them because they had Oliver Norwood, who's a terrific dead ball specialist, putting in balls with whip and spin and you know, really just dangerous balls. And they had two or three guys that were just making sure I'm on the end of this. Now, of course, not every header was perfect and some of the headers way over the bar, but the the... Rangers didn't have enough of that at the weekend and you can't have 20 corners and do as badly as he did from it. And I know Tav saying, well, we scored from one. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, um, we miss a rebo in this. I don't think that we realised, and I include myself in this, how important he was at that because he had those three things. Not only did he, you get in the end of things, People knew that the ball was going to him and he still got the end of it. Why? Because he was clever in his movement and he wanted it more than the opposition. Those are the three areas I think Rangers desperately need to improve on. At the moment, it looks like hitting hope. It's I don't know why Tav does signals before it because we all know where the ball's going, Tav, yeah. you know, and so did the opposition. <laughs> and that is unfortunately what's been happening at the moment. And even when Rangers try and work an angle at a corner, it just results in the same ball being put in from 10 yards deeper. So you've got to vary it up. They're not doing enough at set pieces. Um, and they can argue with you or I or, or the listeners as fans and say, well, you know, we're professionals, we know what we're doing. But we can see it. And Josh yeah. just nailed it there. The results, the outputs tell us they're not doing enough on set pieces. Yeah, 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 totally agree. And as uh, uh, Ross Nielsen right, rightly puts as well, we've lost our threat from corners. Bassi, Balligan, Aribo, Goldson injured currently. We have no danger attacking corners and look weak defending them. Uh, can't disagree with, with much of that that, that Ross says. Um, once to touch on this, um, just before we wrap up, um, Joshua, Alan uh, gets in touch. Uh, do you think Hearts will press us tonight? Uh, in my opinion, it's quite obvious we struggle against a low block. I'm secretly hoping that, that they're going to come out uh, a la Aberdeen style and have a go. Um, there's no reason why why they shouldn't. They, they, they will, they'll sense that Rangers coming off a defeat. Uh, they'll, they'll have belief that they can come and get something. And I'm sure the Hearts supporters will be wanting them to come and have a go as well. Will that play into Rangers' hands? Yeah, it's a great point, uh, point by Alan. And I think he's absolutely right. To, to to think about it because Hearts normally will have a goal. Uh, Robbie Nielsen, to his credit, I think is a manager who um, wants his teams to be aggressive to a point against um, the old firm. And that was the case last season in that 5-0 game just after, I think it was uh, early February um, when John Lund I think it was when John Lundstrom first came into the team after or before Dortmund. Um, but tonight, will he look at that and think that's the best approach? I mean, You've got to expect from a Hearts point of view that someone has looked at their game against Aberdeen, has looked at Van Bronckhorst's comments and has said, you know what, the best option today is to not go and leave them space, um, but it is to make them set the tempo. And I think that's, as we've spoken about so many times, that's where Rangers um, struggle. I think it's too reliant on on um, individualism in the final third. 
And what I mean by that isn't necessarily they want players to score from 30 yards, but I think a lot of emphasis is placed on wingers and winning their duels um, and when wingers are out of form, um, that results in the attack and play and not always looking uh, brilliant. So if, if I was Hearts travelling to Ibrox tonight, I'd be very tempted to try and limit space, remain compact, um, you know, make sure that Rangers don't get an early goal. From Van Bronckhorst's point of view, I think he'll be hoping that Hearts, like they did at Tynecastle, like they did this season, um, are aggressive and leave space because that's when when Rangers have, have looked at their best. Um, but to go back to an earlier point, Derek, I think the real difficult game is similar in a way. You know, they have one of the best home records in the league. I think it might even be the you know third best home record in the league. They've really struggled away from home. You know, we know Stephen Robinson how um, defensively disciplined his teams can be. They beat uh, Celtic earlier in, in the season. Um, it's a tight pitch. I, th- I think that's going to be the, the real test for Rangers. If, if Rangers were to go and win tonight, I don't think that tells us too much because, as I say, they've been strong at home. They've had the highest expected goals. They've scored a lot of goals. They've, I, I, to my mind, they've never been in danger of losing a league game at home this season. Sorry, aside from Livingston, they haven't been uh, in danger of, of losing a league um, game. It's away from home where I think the difficulties have, have arisen, um, as was the case against St. Johnson. So that's that's the game that I think you know, you'll, you'll learn more from and, and more attention should be cast on that as the week goes on. Yeah. Uh, what's your feeling tonight? Your overriding feeling, David? Uh, can you sense getting back to winning ways? Um, for me, I, 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 I'm concerned not only tonight, but 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 Saturday as well. St Mirren's going to be a, a tough place to go. Um, what's your, your, your feeling for the next uh, two matches? Yeah, I kind of echo what Josh said. Um, at home, I, I, I think that the players are more confident um, and it took them to really not show up against Livingston, let's be honest, where it was a terrible performance, yeah. just lacking in every area, um, uh, to, to, to not get a result in that one. Hearts are, are pretty injury-riddled themselves. You know, They've had to go to play in these European games that they haven't been used to and it's taken a real... Um, it's taken a, a, a real turn on their squad. He's off his head if he comes and goes toe-to-toe because he's got a depleted squad and it's a you pick the team that can win the game. And while I'm sure there are Hearts fans, this is the pressure of being a big club in our league as their fans are going, no, go and have a go. But the sensible <laughs> approach is genuinely, no, don't. Go and try and hit on the break and try and use Strangland and try and get in behind. And But sitting in frustrate because of the mood that the Ibrox crowd you can get caught between two stools, and I sincerely hope they do. And I'm not quite sure, should we go for this? Should we sit in and they end up doing that? I agree with Bob there. I think yeah. we'll get a direction from Saturday, but I'm afraid I also agree with Josh that um, it, we'll need a performance from Rangers away from home that they haven't delivered in quite some time at the weekend because St Mirren will be bang up for this. They've managed something, else, something nobody else has done, unfortunately, this season and beaten Celtic domestically. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll be fine tonight. Um, I don't anticipate a classic, by the way. You've got two beat-up, tired sides. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, you're going to get a scintillating game of football regardless. I think that Rangers will go out and empty the tank tonight um, a little bit. I'm concerned about Saturday. Saturday, for me, is a litmus test. That said, drop points tonight and it will be feral. There's just... Yeah. That's the situation that they're in. Drop points in either in the mood, they'll be angry. But do it yeah. tonight. Um, but they should win tonight. There really aren't any excuses. Yes, it's Hearts, but it's nowhere near a full Hearts 11. I know it's nowhere near ours, but the team we put in the part will be earning a good chunk more than the team Hearts put in the part. 
we should yeah. win. I'm taking us to win 2-0 in a fairly turgid match, but um, Saturday is one that I, I might not sleep as well on Friday as I, yeah. as I like to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In tonight's game, folks, as well, uh, just a reminder: it is at the the annual Remembrance Day event. There will be a minute silence uh, before kickoff uh, as well to commemorate those who, who of course, made the, the ultimate sacrifice. Um, so that's taking place at Ibrooks. And also today, uh, Teddy Bear says there's a Croatia squad announced. They wonder if Big Cholak will will make it. I believe it is announced at some point today. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that uh, both he and Borna uh, will make the Croatian squad. Uh, I think it deserves it. Just before we go, Joshua, would you like to see Cholak? Uh, playing for Croatia in the World Cup? Yeah, we spoke to him at the press conference last week and you, you can tell how much it just means to some players. So, fingers crossed for him. Um, I think the US one is released today um, as well. The only, tell you, the only other thing I was going to say, Derek, right, I was going to give a little tip, not a betting tip. I was watching on my day off yesterday PSV versus Ajax, obviously because PSV versus Ajax, I was interested to see how they played. If anyone has a spare 20 minutes and wants to watch the extended highlights, it is some of the most fun you will have because the limp, the, the, the fights, it, you know the scenes that this commentator say we don't want to see, but we really do want to see. <laughs> Fantastic. So go, go watch that. Just just interesting to see. I watched out I watched out of a of a interest in obviously, you know, the whole argument about what where Rangers can compete, what level, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and um what we've kind of been talking about. But yeah, stayed for the stayed for the fights because they were good fun. So check that out if you've got some time beforehand. Yeah, condoning violence. Uh, that's the, the views of Joshua, not the, not the Rangers review at the low. I hear that the Ajax manager getting a bit of stick after after that result uh, at the weekend, uh, losing to uh, PSV. Um, okay, that'll do us there, folks. Uh, thanks very much, uh, David Edgar, for joining us. Thank you, David. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. And uh, Joshua as well, you guys will be at the game tonight, hopefully uh, watching Rangers get back to winning ways. There is absolutely no wriggle room for, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst uh, at the moment. As always, uh, we'll have all the, the pre-match coverage. Joshua uh, and Johnny will be at Ibrooks uh, for us later on, folks, and we'll have the post-match reaction uh, as well. So I hope you can uh, join us for that. But until then, uh, enjoy your uh, Wednesday morning and afternoon. <laughs>